Business, the blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arnie Heiskanen and my guest is Noah Salib, Associate Professor in Creative Technologies and Construction at Middlesex University, London. And we're going to discuss technologies, of course. <laughs> Hello, Noah. It's great to have you on the on the podcast. Hello. Thank you, Arnie. Can you tell a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and, and your present role as the associate professor? So um, um, I come from an architectural background. Um, and as an architect, I've been working in the industry for more than 20 years, and I still have my architectural consultancy. Um, in practice, besides my work at the university. And as you kindly uh, said, I'm an associate professor at the university now, and within my role, I'm program leader for uh, two programs, a postgraduate master's degree in uh, BIM management and an undergraduate degree in architectural technology. So um, it's um, for me, it's the best of two worlds because I get to mix what I do in industry with what I teach at the university and uh, mixing all the new concepts and technologies with uh, BIM and in the architectural um, world as well. All right. Yeah, it sounds like a like a perfect uh, a combination of, of everything. Uh, uh, well, uh, speaking of BIM and, and we know about the the state of BIM in UK in general, but what is the state of BIM education in the UK? Yes, um, that's a very good question because without preparing the new um, generations that are coming out, uh, you won't really have anyone who's qualified to work in the industry. And um, the, the state currently, well, since the mandate for using BIM on publicly procured uh, buildings around 2011, BIM has slowly started to be integrated within universities. Ours was uh, one of the universities that identified that at the beginning, but there wasn't a lot of uptake until the uh, BIM Academic Forum was created. Um, I think it was created um, just a small while after the mandate. And uh, this is basically... Um, you can consider it a consortium of uh, all educators in the UK who are interested in applying BIM in their programs. And uh, they created a learning uh, um, framework for uh, people to take on board if they want to integrate BIM within their uh, educational programs, whether undergraduate or postgraduate, and postgraduate at master's and PhD level as well. Um, it was a great initiative, which was also done with the help of the BIM task group, the government BIM task group. But some universities has adopted it and some universities have not yet. But in general, right now, there is a good percentage of the universities who are starting to integrate BIM at different levels within their curricula. At our university, we've, we've embedded BIM in all our modules at uh, undergraduate and postgraduate for a few years now. So um, it really does equip the graduates to know what's out there. We know that BIM is not uh, just about technology. Yes. It, it can also be a strategic question. It requires new knowledge skills, as you mentioned, uh, and it will have an effect on business processes eventually. Uh, Absolutely. What should businesses and public sector organizations do in order to navigate in this new environment? Well, at strategic level, 
it is more of a change management uh, issue. It's a, it's, it's a matter of changing the mindset of how the, um, the project or the industry is, is happening. Um, as you said, it's not about technology. If you just embed the technology with the old processes which are inefficient and all every single discipline working on its own and just dumping its work onto the other discipline without any communication. If you just put technology on top of that, then you would actually be making things worse because you would be adding an, uh, an additional layer of complication to the already inefficient processes. But BIM is all about overhauling the, the, the workflows themselves. So it is about the people communicating and uh, discussing uh, the processes together right from the start, alleviating problems when it's possible to do that without much cost or energy uh, loss at the beginning as opposed to doing that later on during construction where things uh, already have been erected and will cause a lot of um, loss of money and time and uh, quality and everything. So. Um, in order for companies to embrace this, what they should do first is assess what they have. So they should assess what their current resources are, not just human, uh, technological, uh, in terms of their business objectives. Do they have clear business objectives? Because BIM can only work properly if a company has proper business objective that it wants to work uh, towards. And after the first assessment phase, then they can start the change management process in several, um, in several areas. So, of course, there is the, the area that we all know, and that's training. So, training the people, uh, not just on the software, but on the new workflow. So, who's to do what, and uh, how is it to be validated and quality checked and then signed off. All of these processes need to be changed and done in a more efficient way. So, this all of this needs training. Of course, they need to overhaul their hardware and software. They need to overhaul their business partnerships. Because if you are working alone on BIM with no, with, no, with, with no other disciplines around you who understand the process, then it's not much use as well. So you might find that you need to train even your suppliers, for example. Uh, you might need to make partnerships with other people who can provide you support. Um, this also changes the legal uh, agreements, the insurance agreements. So it's an overall change in how the business is supposed to run. And it should come from top level and it shouldn't start from bottom level by just training people. It should be an overall change in the business objectives right from the top. Uh, by the way, have you seen any uh, real successes in this, <laughs> in what, what you just described? Uh, yes, yes, there are uh, several organizations, um, known organizations within the industry who have adopted this methodology of overhauling the processes from top to bottom. Um, I, I don't want to say particular names, but the uh, big players in the industry, uh, very big companies. And um, it's because of that that they have been able to produce successful projects. They can't just embed it on um, any individual projects. It's, it's not enough. Apart from BIM, we have all sorts of technologies uh, coming up and, and being integrated into, into construction like digital collaboration, open data, IoT, yes. blockchain, 
platforms, robotics, and so on and so forth. How yes. can how can education actually prepare professionals to survive and prosper in in the exponential acceleration that's taking place? You touched on the very, very important point. Thank you for that. Uh, these new technologies, um, robotics, IoT, artificial intelligence, and so on, big data, are all part of Industry 4.0 um, new um, advances and technologies, of course. And uh, the only way I perceive that this can uh, be introduced to our students and have them competitive um, using them is to integrate different uh, departments within each university. So there has to be a collaboration between the computer science department, for example, in, in a university and the built environment um, um, department with its architecture or uh, structural engineering or services engineering uh, programs. Um, they have to integrate that. I mean, I'll give you a very simple example. Our students need to have basics of computer programming. Uh, they can use um, uh, algorithms uh, to customize the current uh, workflows within the software that they're using in industry. And in order to facilitate that, they need to learn even the basics of uh, computer programming. So in order to um, equip them for that, there has to be projects interdisciplinary projects that the students work on at university stage between the different departments. And it's it's not a new concept, but people have been doing it between, uh, for example, architecture, civil engineering, uh, for example, and mechanical engineering. But it has to go even further to integrate with it computer science uh, uh, projects as well, computer science students, and learn more in that particular area. Um, at postgraduate level, I'm already starting to see a change. So uh, the, I have a few PhD students, for example, currently now who are integrating artificial intelligence and big data within their construction uh, PhD topics. So it's really, really important at both teaching and research phase to integrate that within universities. I read that you are currently in investigating uh, using artificial intelligence agents uh, to develop student interaction and e-learning applications. Sounds very interesting. Can you tell more yes. about that, what, what you're doing yes. in that sector? Well, it was uh, an attempt to uh, pique students' interest more towards what they're doing. So, as you know, as part of uh, our work, we should have students um, uh, create uh, projects or buildings and um, uh, we give them feedback on them, they navigate them and uh, we start uh, adding services and so on and so forth. So what I thought I would do is um, create sort of like um, um, artificial bots um, that are pre-programmed within uh, virtual media like Second Life and introduce the projects to our students through those virtual media. So, for example, it would be a, a role play or make-believe scenario where the student goes in as if they are um, uh, the architect, for example, who is being asked to design something, and the artificial bot is the client, and they have a, a preset scenario for the student that they're asking for, and then the uh, student creates uh, different um, uh, 
designs within the virtual environment and takes the bot as the client to navigate within it and around it and they start discussing it. So it's sort of like a role play environment that makes them understand how the real world uh, works, but in a, in a very interesting way. Well, sounds fascinating. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, there are a lot of applications, so you can have the client uh, also change things in the design automatically within the environment and see how things would look better or worse or things like that. There's endless opportunities for it. We started with BIM, but, but how do you see the future of BIM in, in, in the next five years or so? Well, that's, a, that's an excellent question. Um, well, of course, within the UK, we have um, we are headed to, towards defining BIM level three and BIM level four, which include uh, Industry 4.0, uh, with the um, uh, inclusion of big data analysis, social data analysis, and all of that. But regarding the word BIM itself, there is a current belief that the word itself is going to disappear sooner or later as it becomes business as usual. And with all due respect, my opinion is a, is a tiny little bit different. I believe that, I mean, for something to disappear, it has to be an object that yeah. is to be obsolete. But for me, BIM is sort of like a phenomenon or a concept. So BIM the, will evolve as we move along and it will include new ideas, new concepts, but in my opinion, it will still be there for a long time yet, just with evolving meanings and evolving concepts that are being continuously added to it. Uh, but yes, the technology is definitely going to make a difference, which will definitely affect processes and workflows and how people interact with each other, uh, off-site manufacturing, development of new roles, the disappearance of current um, roles in the industry. Definitely, this is going to happen sooner or later. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, it has been really uh, nice talking with you, Noha. And uh, fi I, I al al always ask, finally, how can our listeners contact you? Yes, um, I would love to take any um, questions or uh, discussions with anybody um, through my email um, address. Um, so n.salib at mdx.ac.uk or through LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn profile. I would be very happy to discuss any topics with anybody. I'm sure our listeners are very, very interested in, 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 what, in what you're doing right now. And, and uh, well, all the best to your work. And, and let's Thank talk you. again. Yes, absolutely. I would be very happy to. <laughs> okay.